Welcome to Becoming Digitally Resilient with IDC Industry Thought Leadership, a podcast series that dives into the energy, financial, government, healthcare, manufacturing, and retail industries. The IDC team will discuss hot topics and provide insightful, fact-based research and strategies to help your organization become truly resilient. Presented by IDC on the Voice America Business Channel. And now, here's our host and moderator, Bonnie D. Graham. Welcome to IDC Industry Thought Leaderships. Today, we continue our focus on becoming digitally resilient in the manufacturing industry. I'm Bonnie D. Graham. Happy to be here with two more members of the IDC Manufacturing Insights team. Let me give you a little bit of overview of what we're going to talk about, and then we'll get started. So listen up. We're talking about service as a service for manufacturers, a combination of existing ongoing trends to drive service revenue and fallout from the pandemic is opening up the opportunity for manufacturing companies to use servitization, I love saying that word, to not only drive customer engagement, but to drive new and significant revenue. And that's what you all want. So today I'm welcoming, and they're going to wave for the video. I'm welcoming IDC's Ali Pinder. Ali, welcome. So happy to meet you. And Kevin Prouty, Kevin as well. And they're going to discuss how manufacturing companies view the servitization trends and the impact of transformation technologies on our topic, service as a service for manufacturers. Welcome, gentlemen. Ali Pender, I'm putting you on full screen speaker view. Please take about a minute, introduce yourself. What do you do and what's your passion for the topic? Ali, welcome. Great. Thanks, Bonnie. And thank you, everyone, for joining today. My name is Ali Pinder. I'm Program Director, uh, Service Innovation and Connected Products here within our Manufacturing Insights Vertical. My background's been uh, tied to the service industry for over 14 years now, and I'm really excited about the way in which manufacturers think about delivering service value to customers. So historically, uh, manufacturers focus primarily on making great products. So we all have products in our home. We all um, go to our office buildings when we can again, fly planes when we can again. Um, and you know those are products, right? But the experiences associated with those products really drive the brand for you in the way in which you think about the, the, the things you buy, the experiences you have, the places you go. Um, I, I think historically we've thought about your service experiences being disassociated with the products you're buying. And I think that's changing um, in our current marketplace. Thank you very much. Nice to meet you. And let's talk to your co-presenter today, Kevin Prouty, putting you on full screen speaker. Let's hear from you. What do you do at IDC and a little bit about your passion for our topic, Kevin? Sure. I'm uh, I'm uh, the group vice president for manufacturing. My job is to basically herd cats of my analysts to cover all of manufacturing. Uh, I think, you know, the passion around this topic for me is around taking really the focus on service. We typically manufacturing companies are heavily focused on designing and building products. And I think the digital age has allowed those companies to really take advantage of the service and the potential for service revenue coming out of their products. So I think it, it's a really exciting time for manufacturers to be able to, to apply that digital capability to service. Exciting time for manufacturers. I think that's what we want people to remember before we dive into this. And by the way, Ali and Kevin, am I pronouncing the word right? Servitization or servitization? Ali, what's your preference? I go with servitization, but tomato, tomato, right? Okay. Kevin, what about you? 
Yeah, I have the same problem. I'll take Allie. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Two votes for Allie. With three votes for Allie, we got it. Allie, I've asked you before we started today to send me a quote, a fun, interesting quote that has really nothing to do with our topic today from a fictional character in a movie or TV show. And you sent us a quote from Ernie Chip, interesting nickname, Chip, and we're talking about chip shortages, not quite today. Ernie Chip Douglas, a.k.a. The Cable Guy, played by the one and only the iconic Jim Carrey, the movie The Cable Guy, 1996 American black comedy film. And here's the quote, and I'm going to read the quote, and then I'm going to ask you to briefly tell us why you picked it and what it does have to do with our topic in your own words. And Kevin can't wait to hear this, I can tell. So Ali sent the following quote, the future is now. Soon every American home will integrate their television, their phone, and their computer. You can do your shopping at home or play Mortal Kombat. That's combat with a K. With a friend from Vietnam. There's no end to the possibilities. I don't even pretend to do a good Jim Carrey impersonation, <laughs> Ali. So you got to forgive me. Ali, where'd you find this one? And what does it have to do with our topic? Go ahead. So not to date myself, I know I look pretty young, but uh, 1996 was a great time for me, uh, and I watched a lot of movies back in high school. Um, but this is a movie that anytime it comes on, I have to watch. I mean, Jim Carrey is amazing. Matthew Broderick is also really good. Um, Leslie Mann, I believe, is also you know a really, really awesome actress in this movie. What I think is really interesting about this movie is despite the comedy aspect of it, it's really about trust, right? It's about building relationships, building experiences that go beyond just the services that are associated with those companies you work with and those companies that you buy from. And in this particular movie, you know, Jim Carrey is looking for friendship. Matthew Broderick probably isn't looking for friendship. He just wants someone to fix something, right, that broke for him. And I think when I look at service and I look at service experiences, oftentimes the technician, the field service person, guy or gal shows up to your house, shows up to the office building, the enterprise, just to fix something. But that is a legacy of experiences for service. Now what we look for within our service experiences is someone not to just turn a wrench and leave, close a work order and move on to the next one, roll a truck, as we say in uh, layman's terms. Um, we're actually looking for our service technicians to engage customers with conversations to better understand how they can help um, go beyond just fixing something that broke to help the business grow. And I think when I think about servitization, historically, it's been about just gaining revenue um, at all costs, right? Um, to play a pun on the two sides of that, that, uh, that, that balance sheet. But I think servitization is really about finding new ways you can deliver value to individual customer experiences. So regardless of whether or not you make revenue from it on that interaction, you're driving value that's going to pay off in future contracts that go beyond three preventive maintenance visits a year, right? It's going to go beyond just the work order. It's going to say, when I'm looking at growing my business, I'm going to work with the service organization to improve my end customer experiences. And that's going to build on the quality um, that we're looking at gaining. And historically, service has been an aftermarket activity. It's something that happens after um, something has been sold, after something has been installed. I think service should be the driver of value for your customers. And if they see service as being that driver, um, you know, a lot of people say we sell the equipment one time, but service continues to bring customers back in year after year. And I think that's where the value of servitization and the service experience comes from. 
Thank you, Allie. Very interesting. Uh, is this breaking news for manufacturers who are listening? I'm, I know we have a lot of topics to cover, but question for you and, the, and for Kevin as well. Are, are people who are listening or in the manufacturing industry, are they going to say, what? I have to talk to my customers? I have to have a conversation? I have to not have my cash register out at that point of time when I'm having the conversation? I have to invest in a relationship that's now services. Is this breaking news, Allie? Well, historically, service has been a cost center for the manufacturer. And they looked at service as being something that has to get done because the product equipment asset fails, right? We need to maintain something so that we don't have a customer problem. Not this is an opportunity for us to engage a customer in a different channel. Um, historically, channels have been you know web, social, uh, mobile, um, phone, I think the technician is a channel to deliver value to customers. And that's why I think it is um, you know, somewhat a, a passion of mine, but I think manufacturers are beginning to understand that this is something we need to look to as an opportunity as opposed to an aftermarket sales, uh, post-sales activity. Beginning to understand. Kevin, quick comment. Do you agree? Are they beginning to understand this? Well, I think they've always sort of understood it. I, I mean, I agree probably 90% with Allie, but I think the piece that's missing just because of the limited time is – the channel. And that's like distributors, value-added resellers who sit between the manufacturer and the customer. And based on the ability to communicate and the real timeness of service, that was that was a necessary function. I think where we're going to see a lot of um, discord is as manufacturers get closer and closer to their customers through digital means, is they're still going to need someone to turn wrenches and go on site but you're, you're slowly pulling a little bit of the relationship away from those distributors and value-added resellers. So I think manufacturers have always understood the relationship with the customer, but there's been a lot of intermediaries in between. So I think it still needs to be figured out how those intermediaries work with the customer, how do they work with the manufacturer. Uh, that's still a big question. Thank you very much. Okay, let's go to, I'm looking, Allie, at your statements you sent me. And I think we've already covered one and two, so let's focus on number three. I'll give you a couple minutes, and then we'll see what Kevin has to say. And statement number three, you say, is digital transformation. Oh, there are those two important words we all talk about today. Digital transformation is critical in service to ensure field service teams and customer support agents have on-demand knowledge to solve customer and equipment issues the first time. Wow, is that a packed statement. Allie, take a couple minutes. Go ahead. Yeah, it's pretty backed, right? So I, historically, the service business, field service specifically, has been very manual, very paper-based. You know, you have a technician with a hard hat and a wrench. They show up with a paper on a clipboard, and they go down their checklist to um, uh, close that work order. They sent, have the customer or plant manager sign off a piece of paper. You send it back um, to get paid, right? That needs to change because that one delays the process of closing work order uh, information is lost. Um, you have tribal or institutional knowledge that fails. Um, we all know about the aging workforce. And despite the fact that I look 20, I'm not. Um, I do think <laughs> we, there is a pending looming technician shortage uh, despite um, you know millennials leaving their jobs. Uh, I think there's an opportunity for us to say, what role does technology play in allowing us to provide less experienced field service workers with the right information at the point of service. I, I think about the last 15, 18 months when something broke in my house, I was not able to call someone to show up. I had to learn how to fix it, right? And so I went on as quickly as I needed to at that point of need 
and found the information, the video, the audio, the work instructions to solve a problem. Obviously, in a business-to-business environment, enterprise-scale environment, you don't want um, junior people um, who aren't certified, you know, fixing, you know, boilers or looking uh, at a turbine. But that being said, we are seeing less experienced technicians come into the workforce and they need to have mobile applications. They need to have ability to look at some level of, you know, dynamic work instructions. That doesn't mean that in their head, they know everything. They know every part, they know every component, they know every asset that they need to fix. But when they do get in front of that asset, um, we know the reason why it failed. Um, We know what parts we need. The technician has the skills and we knew that when we scheduled them. And the technician has the work instructions in front of them to solve that specific problem um, when they get on site. So they don't have to call back into headquarters and say, I'm not the right person. We need to uh, schedule another truck roll in a week from now um, that delays the entire service experience. Thank you, Allie. While you're talking, I'm thinking of all the ads I hear on radio stations that say, our technicians are highly trained. And I'm saying to myself, would they send me a Un, an untrained, a non, a mediocrely trained. So it goes to goes to your point, Kevin. I want to make sure we save some time for your comments. Back to Allie, Kevin Prouty, talk to us. Yeah, I think um, Allie's on the right track with this, but I think there's a a, a deeper issue here, and that's uh, you know the the labor market's up and down for skilled workers. Where in the in in a uh, down market, as far as the manufacturers go, they're they're hard to find right now. And I think. The key word I hear from all of my manufacturing clients is automation. It's not just enhancing uh, a lesser skilled or lesser experienced person. It is about automating as much of the process as possible. And that's how you allow a a lesser experienced person to come in is if you can automate it. Ali mentioned things like turbines. Turbines are incredibly complex machines. Uh, But turbine manufacturers have found a way to run them remotely to diagnose them remotely and reduce the number of on-site visits they need. So the labor market's actually driving companies to automate as much of that service process as they can. Thank you very much. We're just about out of time. I'll take a closing remark, a prediction. Oh, I'm going to surprise you. I need a prediction. Ali Pinder, I know we didn't talk about this in advance, but if we met again one year from now, and this is late October, almost November 2021, we met again one year from now, would we still be having the same conversation about manufacturing, embracing the concept of service as a service, meaning servitization? I'm using your pronunciation. Yes or no in one sentence, why? And then Kevin and we'll wrap. Go ahead, Ali. I think so. And this would be in kind of more so discrete manufacturing environments, high tech um, environments that sell already sell some level of service to customers. I think in those environments, what is changing and why we'll be continuing to talk about this conversation, you know, for the next decade is that the customer changes and customer expectations change. And the customer is at the heart of whether or not they're going to continue to buy from you manufacturer or buy um, an, an extended enhanced service experience from the dealer distributor, right? So they need to look at ways in which they can continue to evolve and innovate and drive at service. Thank you. I like that optimism. Kevin Prouty, you get the last word, one prediction, yes or no, and why? Um, I think we will be having a similar discussion. I think obviously we'll have advanced some, but I I think it's not just the customer that's changing. It's also the product itself is changing. And I think that's actually changing a lot faster than the customer uh, and that it's becoming more intelligent and more connected that allows more service to be done without actually, I hate to say this, but without actually engaging the customer. 
So I think we're, we're still going to be moving in that direction. Exciting topic. Allie Pinder at IDC, thank you so much for your thought leadership and your insights. Kevin Prouty, the same thing. I really enjoyed speaking with both of you. I'm Bonnie D. Graham. Thank you for listening to another edition of Becoming Digitally Resilient with IDC Industry Thought Leadership. There's lots more ahead. Be sure to tune in. New episode landing on Voice America Business Channel every week. Signing off. Everybody wave goodbye. Bye-bye. Thanks again for tuning in to Becoming Digitally Resilient with IDC Industry Thought Leadership. IDC is committed to helping IT and business leaders build the future enterprise. Email your comments and questions to insights at idc.com. Please join host Bonnie D. Graham on the Business Channel for additional sessions with IDC. IDC.